Should Christians be afraid of the mark of the beast? The answer is going to absolutely change the way you look at end times prophecy, the book of Revelation, and your place in a cosmic narrative. You don't want to miss today's episode. We'll be right back after the intro. Welcome to My Bible Works. In this tribe, we believe in exploring the Word of God as divine expression. We believe the way of Yeshua embodying the fullness of Yahweh. In gratitude of the love we are given, we focus on things above. We read scripture as treasure, both ancient and mystic. Join me and let's explore the deeper meaning of scripture hidden in plain sight. And consider subscribing for more. And welcome back, everybody. My name is Jacob Cooker. Welcome to My Bible Works. The reason that we call this My Bible Works is because mine works because I pick it up and read it every day and put it to work. The Bible doesn't do anything sitting on the shelf. A Bible in on your nightstand doesn't do anything. But your Bible does something by picking it up reading it and putting it to work so that God can work in you. And that's exactly what we're all about here at My Bible Works. So say it with me, My Bible Works. And if you get that in your core being, then anytime you have a question, you know exactly where to go legitimately, not just in your head, oh, I'm gonna open my Bible. No, you're going to open your Bible and you'll say to yourself, I'm going to open my Bible and I'm going to find the answer. I'm going to put it to work because God has given me this tool, this incredible document, these incredible scriptures to find the answers I'm looking for. Today, we are looking at a very hard question. Should Christians be afraid of the mark? And uh, the the easy answer is no, we shouldn't be afraid of the mark because we are we are taken care of by the blood of Christ, right? But the actual answer is, maybe we should. Maybe we should look at what the mark really is and why people might take it. And maybe some people are going to take it without really understanding what they're doing. And we see that the deceit runs deep as we dive in to the book of Revelation. I want to remind you, you can join our community of biblical frameworks for everyone over at mybible.works. It's completely free. It's an online Bible study community for you, for me, for everyone to put their Bible to work. Mybible.works, www.mybible.works. Go check it out. If you've been online lately or you've surfed on YouTube or Google or any of the searches and you typed in end time prophecy, I promise you, you've seen a lot of really unique videos, commentaries, uh, thoughts about what this is, specifically around the mark of the beast. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today is what is the mark? Should you be worried about it? Why should you be worried about it? Aren't we covered as Christians? What does the Bible actually say about the mark of the beast? And that's exactly why I wanted to do this episode because I had this question and I started digging into the Bible to find the answers. Now, I want to disclaim this episode specifically with I am definitely not an end time scholar. There are people that know vastly more about this than I do. 
but I wanted to bring to you and to this audience at mybible.works a little bit more about what the Bible actually says about the mark of the beast, because it's going to surprise you of what it is. And really, we shouldn't just be looking at what it is, we should be looking at something else altogether. And I'm going to reveal that at the end of this episode. So stick around, take some notes, and let's just dive into God's word together. I had an interesting find I wanted to share with you because we, we've often been raised, uh, especially if you've been raised in the church, you know the number 666. And even if you've watched a horror movie, you know that number, 666. Well, why is that number so scary? Because it's the number of the beast. In most manuscripts of Revelation 13, 18. However, a fragment of the earliest papyrus, number 115, gives the number 616-616 instead of 666. And you can look this up on Wikipedia by typing it in 666. Uh, so it's very interesting. Do we have the number wrong? And I think it's really important to know this number because I'm going to show you a scripture in a minute that's very clear on we should have discernment and we should try to figure out this number and why uh, this is the number of a man or a human number. And so 616 might be the number that we should be looking for rather than 666. I'm not saying it is. Again, this is just to share information and really get us all to think together, to think through these biblical concepts to find frameworks that we can apply to our life. I have a framework at the end here that is going to teach you how to read the book of Revelation the way I do that has led me to a lot of uh, better understanding and a little bit more open-mindedness about what it is and less uh, dogmatic about it's this and this and this and this and a little bit more about the beauty of the document and the beauty of what the book of Revelation really is. So I want to share that with you at the very end today. But getting into it, saying with me, if you've been here before, the hidden biblical laws of overflow, I am affirmations from the Bible. These will change your life if you say them every day. I do. I am the image of Yahweh. I am working for his kingdom. I am a servant of all people I meet. I am a disciple of the way of Yeshua. Amen. Say them with me. Say them with me. Write them down. Write them on your heart. Do not forget these. These will guard your heart against the enemy in the, in the worst of times and the best of times. I am. Affirmations. Getting into the core scripture today, we've got some creepy stuff to talk about. So buckle up and let's quiet our hearts and minds and get into the scripture, the Holy Scripture in Revelation 13, 13 is where we're going to start and we're going to move through the end of that chapter. Revelation 13, 13 in the Names of God Bible. The second beast performs spectacular signs. It even makes fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. It deceives those living on earth with the signs that it is allowed to do in front of the first beast. It tells those living on earth to make a statue for the beast who was wounded by a sword 
and yet lived. So right away here in Revelation 13, 13 through 14, we're seeing something very interesting. We have a second beast. I think in the back of our mind, we always think of Revelation. There's one beast, one mark of the beast. There's one beast. And that's kind of just how we play it in our heads unless we really dig in and understand it. And so the second beast is performing spectacular signs, making fire come down from heaven in front of people. What does that sound like to you? Is that a miracle or is that meant to be a threat to the people? I don't know. In my head, I, I imagine, you know, something like missiles or, or fire coming down as, as kind of warning shots type thing. It deceives those living on earth with the signs that it is allowed to do in front of the first beast. So right there we see that it has a very specific authority. It's allowed to perform these signs in front of the first beast. And then it tells those living on earth to make a statue for the beast, an idol for the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. This is the first beast that that's talking about there. So it was wounded and yet lived. It tried or it was it was attempted to be taken down, this first beast. Yet it was not. And what a miracle that would be. What a, uh, what a reason for people to uh, praise that first beast because it was wounded and it lived. It, it did not die. It was not defeated. And so, again, I'm going to share at the end how we can take this verse multiple different ways. And no matter how we take it, it produces some amazing fruit in us. That's what I love about the Bible, and I'm going to teach you my little trick for how I read each scripture here in a little bit. Moving on to uh, Revelation 13, 15, the second beast was allowed to put breath into the statue of the first beast. Now that word for breath there, we hear that used a lot in the Bible, and that's that that wind, that, that spirit, that life was allowed to put breath into the statue of the first beast. So we had the first beast who survived, but then a statue is made. Then the statue now has life. Put breath into the statue of the first beast. Then the statue of the first beast could talk and put to death whoever would not worship it. The second beast forces all people, important and unimportant, rich and poor people, free people and slaves to be branded on their right hands or on their foreheads. Now, depending on what version you read, we hear in the hand, we hear on the hand, uh, we hear a lot of different kind of just really small differences in this. One of the ways that I think about this first, and you can take it with a grain of salt. I want you to make up your own opinions and ideas let God lead your heart into all truth. To be branded on your hand or your forehead, to me, is almost something that we can just choose. We can decide to do something with our hands or with our minds. We can think it and decide it, or we can act on it, or we can do both. And so I think that's that has like a double meaning for me specifically. 
because I don't just think about this mark of the beast as something that I need to be afraid that somebody's going to force on me. For me, it's something that I'm going to think about and I'm going to have already made up my decision on who I have allegiance to. Is it God or is it the beast and the beast system? Am I going to take action based on my allegiance to God or the beast system? So right away, I just think that has some some really deeper meaning that we can dig into. But this is for important and unimportant, rich and poor, free peoples and slaves. So right here, we see what it is and we get stuck on what it is so much. What is the mark? Is it is it a jab? Is it... Uh, a tattoo? Is it, um, you know, a brand? Is it a microchip? Is it something in our DNA? Is it, what is it? And we get so stuck on what it is that we forget about the mechanism or the end game of what it is supposed to accomplish. And here is where it gets interesting. It does this so that no one may buy and sell unless he has the brand, which is the beast's name or the number of its name. And I put a beast in the background here, guys, because I'm going to show you here at the end how, again, reading this multiple ways, we know that spiritually there are things going on that we that are unseen, these unseen worlds around us. And this demonic looking creature here, we just know that when we go through hard times and we, we see in the world right now, and I just want to talk about this, we see in the world right now, we just had a big concert. A lot of people uh, were hurt and several people were killed. Uh, we just watched another parade that happened today. It's the 22nd of November, 2021. And uh, a lot of people were killed in the, at this parade with someone driving through the crowd, allegedly. I don't know all the details about it, but I just believe there is a spirit in the world right now, the spirit of destruction, the spirit of wanting us dead, wanting God's people to perish. And, and I just see it all around. I see these ritualistic type things happening. I see people dying, losing their lives and loved ones and, and in all respect to them, in all respect and love. So sorry to everyone but I know where this is coming from and I can see with my third eye what is happening and I hope you can too. That's a big part of why this channel is here, why this ministry exists, is to expose what is going on, to expose the darkness, to share truth and light. And so as creepy as this image is, just remember this, it does this so that no one may buy or sell unless he has the brand, which is the beast's name or the number of its name. Why is this important? Because in God and in Christ, there's freedom. We can go buy food. We can be with loved ones. We can pay off our homes and get out of debt. But under the beast system, under this, this thing that wants control of this planet, rather than God having that allegiance, it wants allegiance. And it's that spirit that demonic hold that has the beast name and the number of its name and will not allow us the freedoms that God allows us from the very beginning. The very end of this here, number 18, verse 18, 
This is very interesting here, guys. In this situation, wisdom is needed. Let the person who has insight figure out the number of the beast because it is a human number. Hmm. So I thought we were dealing with these like demons and, and beasts and monsters type things. Yet now this number, the number of the beast is a human number. I'm confused. Maybe you are too. The beast's number is 666. Or as I shared earlier, possibly 616. So wisdom is needed, guys. Wisdom is needed for me. Wisdom is needed for you. And that wisdom comes from the Bible. It comes from repeatedly reading, repeatedly going through this and understanding it a little bit more every time. We don't have to go through Revelation on day one and go, I get it. But we can go through it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and say, Lord, bless your scriptures. Help them to manifest fruit in my life. Teach me your ways. Reveal your truth to me. Show me what this means. And so I put this guy in the background here because I just want us to remember that we see all this near fantasy feeling imagery going on in Revelation. We have beasts and horns and cups and candles and uh, all kinds of stuff going on. and Rivers turning to blood and mountains falling into oceans. But I want you to look at this man and how normal he looks here. He's on the cell phone. He's accomplishing a mission. And this man right here could very well be the man that this number refers to. Obviously, this is footage from, uh, you know, the B-roll that we use for this. But uh, I just wanted you to take a minute and understand that as fantasy feeling as some of this can get, as epic, I mean, sometimes it's like a Lord of the Rings novel, that sometimes, and in fact, oftentimes in the Bible, things circle back around, and there's this simplicity and this poignant, just little pinhole where truth comes through and manifests into our reality, and we see it manifests in this man here or another man we we don't know but it's the simplest little things that especially revelation i think can manifest in and if we have eyes to see and ears to hear we can start to go hey that kind of reflects that kind of rhymes with that kind of complements what i read in revelation hmm maybe there's something to that that news article that politician that charismatic leader just hold that in your heart guys so that we can understand this more and more the reference material for today is absolutely beautiful revelation 20 verse 4 in the esv then i saw thrones and seated on them were those whom the authority to judge was committed I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God. 
And those who had not worshipped the beast or its image had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They had came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And I put this gold sword being passed over in kind of this throne room here. Then I saw thrones and seated on them were those who the authority to judge was committed, was given. I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God. And those, here's what's interesting, and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image, worshipped the beast itself or its image, we're going to see that reflection, that image, that idol of the beast. It's going to be a paradigm of the beast. It's going to be a reflection, a coincidence, a weird connection to the beast. That image, that idol. And these people had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Amen. Absolutely beautiful. I love that verse. Another reference verse here is Revelation 14.9 in the ESV. And another angel, a third, followed them saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or hand... He also will drink of the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So we see that this is serious here. We need to be less concerned about what is the mark and more concerned about where our allegiance lies. What are we looking at in the world? What are we trusting? Are we trusting God? Because we see that this mark, it's going to be economic. It's going to be political. It's going to be religious. It's going to control a huge portion of how we live our lives. And so, again, we're always looking for what is it? What is that thing that it is? Rather than, where's my allegiance? Am I going to do or not do this thing because I trust God? Am I going to commit to and think about this thing or not because of my allegiance to Yahweh? And that, to me, is the real message that we often miss as Christians, especially with the book of Revelation, is what is all of this about? And again, the end game is control. It's control of people, humanity, that could and should be in the fold of Christ. Yet they've succumbed to fear, uncertainty, and they've chosen a mark to protect them. They've chosen to worship the beast or its image rather than the father of lights. So in wrapping up today, my big takeaway personally, and these, this is my personal takeaway that I kind of am going to apply to my life, is that the beast system is here and already in effect. And this is my opinion, but this is just what I see in the world. The beast system is here and already in effect. The mark may be here and we should be vigilant. We don't know exactly what it is. 
but we know the end game and the control the beast system desires. And to me, guys, that's what we should focus on. We know what the end game is. And anytime we think, what is it? We should go, does this accomplish the end game? Does this connect the dots to accomplish the end game that we know the beast system and the mark of the beast will achieve? And that right there is how we can discern and decipher using our Bibles what we need to look out for. So the actionable steps for today, the framework, how to avoid the mark is literally right here in your Bible. And it's read Revelations. And I've got five ways you can read Revelation. It's going to help grant you access to the truth of this book. Number one, read it literally from, from the first chapter to the end. Read it with the idea that everything in here is literally going to happen. Even the beast raising out of the sea, the horns. Imagine it as, as all of this epic, literal literature. Then go back and read it a second time. And read it as a poetic document. A poetic document with these similes and these beautiful words tying ideas together across history to tell a poetic tale of what is happening in the heavens, what is happening in the hearts of men, and what is happening in our physical world here on planet Earth. And then number three, go back and read it again as a timeline, a big timeline, and start to see when might has, have this happened? When might have that happened? And it's a great way to go through and look at, and it's super confusing when you do it this way because it doesn't, always seem to line up as a timeline but you can see things in there that are tied with these spiritual battles going on and then these physical things on the earth that we can see and so reading it as a timeline is a great place to start to confuse yourself enough to really keep digging in and try to figure out this document because it's not for the face the faint of heart unfortunately we're not hearing about this in a lot of churches i would say in my area there's probably over a thousand churches, I would be willing to guess, uh, in the, the West Texas area up here at the top of Texas. And of those thousand, I bet you less than a hundred are actually talking about what we're talking about today. Number four is read it as a paradigm. A paradigm being a convenient parallel. It's a, a simile. It's a reflection this is just like this with all these similarities and so i think reading it as a paradigm um, is an absolutely beautiful thing because we hear about uh the virgin we hear about the dragon we hear about all that and then we see that well we know that that's happened earlier on in the timeline of biblical history Yet we can read it as a paradigm for what is even happening today that's reflecting what happens in that timeline, in the biblical history. And a paradigm, you can even look up that word, is so, it's something that I'm becoming more and more aware of. In fact, I read a book called The Paradigm, and it talks about biblical prophecy and how it ties Old Testament prophecy and Old Testament uh, interactions amongst peoples and leaders and nations 
with modern things that are going on. And basically a paradigm is something that repeats over and over and over. And the more we look at the Bible, the more we see that prophecy is not just a one-time thing. It is a paradigm. It is a self-fulfilling prophecy that repeats over and over and over. And that we're constantly reminded that what God set in motion, no man can throw out of motion. That he's ordained these things to happen. That he's made these decisions along the way. And if you go back to Genesis and read through Enoch and then Exodus and try to get the full historical picture of what happened in the Old Testament and why God has ordained these things that we see in Revelation now happening. It's going to give you a much clearer picture. It it has for me. And one of these days I'll do a study on Enoch to help connect some of those dots. Number five, read it as a spiritual document. Number one thing you can do with the Bible. How does this affect me spiritually? What is this talking about in the spiritual world? To detach your spirit from your body, from your physical needs. We hear in the Bible a lot about denying the flesh. So as you read it, deny your flesh for a minute and read it as spirit and truth and try to connect with the Holy Spirit. Ask for the Holy Spirit to connect with you. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I hope that framework was helpful to you. I hope all of these frameworks are helpful to us. I do them for me so that first off I can understand I can live a better life. I can be a more effective uh, in ministry. I can be more effective witness for Christ. And that's so important, Um, whether it's our finances, our marriage, our businesses, um, our spiritual life, to have these frameworks that we can go, all right, now I'm, I'm I'm on a path. We have frameworks for everything else. We know exactly how to clean our house. Uh, We know how to handle our job. We even know how we do things at church. Yet we don't have a framework for our own personal spiritual life. And that's what we aim to fix here at My Bible Works. So thank you guys for joining. I want to remind you, jump on over to www.mybible.works. It is an awesome social platform that you can jump into Bible studies with other people. You can start your own post your own videos. If you're a Christian content creator and you want to share, share over there. Uh, We are growing this community quickly and I'm so excited. Every single day we get new uh, users over here at mybible.works. So thankful for that. Uh, All of our content is dumped over there, organized with show notes. Uh, You can reference that, ask questions, comments, prayer concerns. There's a prayer wall It's definitely the place you want to be. And if you love this ministry as much as I do, I urge you to go check out. Consider being a monthly partner for less than a Netflix membership. Uh, It's at www.mybible.works slash all courses, all dash courses, uh, URL on the screen there. And by supporting this ministry, you're going to get my book, which is God-Given Gifts of Brilliance. Um, If you're struggling with what your place is, Uh, in God's kingdom as far as serving, as far as uh, business, personal life, spiritual life, your community, your family. God-Given Gifts of Brilliance is the book for you. Um, I wrote it during a time when I didn't know what to do with my life. During 2020, when everything was locked down, 
and God just gave me this incredible vision and laid it out uh, with every single part of our life included in it. So don't miss out on that book. You get the book study with it, the book study workshop. All of this is in video, audio format on there, as well as a downloadable PDF of the book where you can go read it on your iPad, your iPhone, your Android, whatever you want to read it on. Um, you also get other workshops as we add them. We don't charge you for the new workshops. We just dump them in there. We've got brand new workshops coming out all the time. Also flash zoom meetups where we're going to meet with that community exclusively to just go over things that are going on in the world, uh, needs that people have, uh, business needs, maybe could be personal family, marriage, whatever it is, we're going to talk through it biblically. And we have, uh, those planned already and we have those sessions set up so you can go jump over there. You also get first access to the new books, but highly urge you to consider that that is the way that we do this ministry. So anyway, thank you for joining MyBible.Works is the URL www.mybible.works. Thank you for being here. Hit the subscribe button. I love you guys. I'll see you on the next one. Hey, My Bible Works Tribe, I hope you enjoyed that video. If you did, be sure and give it a big thumbs up and leave a comment down below with what you thought of it. Also, if you want to join us in a virtual campfire chat, jump on over to MyBible.Works. It's completely free and you can join a safe and open Bible study discussion with our global community.